Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hi, this is Earl Oliver from Sully Finish Wrestling. This is Raj Geary with WrestlingInc.com. This is Sean Reed, boxing writer and undercover low-key wrestling fan. And you're listening to Duke Love Wrestling. Woo! We are just days removed from the NBA Finals 2019. Congratulations to the Toronto Raptors on defeating the Golden State Warriors. The dynasty, that is, the Golden State Warriors there. Kawhi Leonard led the way. He was the NBA Finals MVP. Great job there. Folks, I am your man, the Duke, host of the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. And this is part two of my exclusive conversation with the Hall of Famer, Peter Vesey. You know, Peter and I have an amazing talk just about the NBA Finals, the aftermath, uh, his thoughts on players who are convinced to play injured. He even delves in deep, real deep, regarding Kawhi Leonard and what really happened in San Antonio. So, you know, this is definitely one that you can't miss. In fact, I'm going to stop right now. Let's just get straight to it. My exclusive part two interview with Peter Vesey. All right, folks. So the, the NBA Finals has come and gone. And boy, what a series that was. What a series between the uh, Toronto Raptors and the Golden State Warriors. And, you know, our friend Peter Vesey said he'd come back and, and give his thoughts not only on the series, but just, you know, the state of basketball in general. So I said, hey, man, you know, the Hall of Famer, he wants to come back. You're damn right. We're going to let him come back. So, Peter Vesey, welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling. And, and, and right away, what are your thoughts on that, that series there? That, that NBA Finals issue was something else, huh? You know, I said before the series began, or maybe in the first game, that beat the, beat the all-time best NBA Finals are the ones where the visiting team wins at least twice on the other team's court. And here you had the Raptors win three times, you know, in, in Oakland and, uh, and, and the Warriors win twice in Toronto. So, it's unbelievable. I mean, really one of, one of the best ever, unfortunately, you know, it was, uh, you know, you've got, you've got those two unbelievable injuries to, to two of the best players in the game that, uh, you know, that louse things up. Um, but I'm not one of those guys that say, uh, you know, if they had played, Warriors definitely the one. You, know, you still had Toronto that, uh, had the home court event. But, uh, you know, they had a great team. And just because you've got your two two guys who are uh, you know on the same scale as Curry, get three three official scores at the same time doesn't mean you're going to win. It could mean you're going to lose easier because you know yeah, I'm trying to share the ball. But you know, and then there were other injuries. You know, a little detracted from it, but but still, you know, acted here is here is. For the first time in his history, and uh, you know, you know, a, a team that you know, could have won fourth fourth championship in five years. You know, it was a pretty amazing stories all over the place. And um, so, you know, I was riveted, like everybody else. I was, I was riveted to the television, um, except during half times and pre games. That's when I walked my dog. <laughs> I don't want. I, I don't why. want. I don't want to miss anything outside. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. Now listen, you know. Shout out to the Toronto Raptors. Like you said, they, their very first championship in NBA history, which is you know fantastic for them. And you know, with a team effort. I mean, one of the things that you talked about is don't sleep on Toronto because they're defense. Defense right. is so strong, and I'll tell you, man, they they certainly proved that much because their defense is really what kept them in each one of those games. 
You know, it, it, they defended every every position, which is really unheard of. You know, usually there's a there's a weak spot that you can attack, but even even the subs that they brought in, they could uh, you know they could they could cover, and they communicated out on the floor, and they sacrificed, and they did all all the stuff you know that, that coaches talk about winning teams doing. Um, the interesting part is that here, here's a team that was the best team in the East the previous year. And uh, Masai, the, the president, he, he changed up. You know, he fired fired the, uh, the coach of the year and, and Dwayne Casey, which, by the way, when he was in Denver, he fired the coach of the year, George Carl. <laughs> so, so this is kind of his M.O. But um, can't, even at the time, it was tough to fault him because because yeah, they had great success, but you know, did you really want to go through another season listening to the same voice? And uh, so things, you know, I really wasn't up against the changes. And then he made the, made the trade, you know, DeRozan for uh, for Kawhi Leonard, and uh, you know that that certainly, you know, it was negative at the time because he had lied to to uh, DeRozan, told him one thing, did another. So, you know, you got to look at Kawhi a little, little funny because, you know, this is the guy that uh, Kawhi is going to have to trust if he's going to re-sign. Will, will he tell him the truth about things? I don't, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I see a lot of stuff on that on TV that they never talk about. And one, one of the things I think I saw was after, right after uh, they won, and Sai uh, is, is hugging Leonard. And won't let go. And Leonard's trying to, trying to get free. And not even looking at him. He's looking past him. Wow. So I, you know, I really, I, I thought there was something there to that. And, uh, and I could see when, when he did let go, you know, uh, Sai wasn't too happy with, you can see she wasn't too happy with that hug. Um, and then, and then he made that, you know, and then, and then Masai made the deal. That was so Got, uh, got, uh, Gasol. So he, he really, yeah, the team won the East the previous year, but look at those changes. And then, you know, of course, it was part of the, the Kawhi trade. So he, he had three, three of the top six, seven guys on the team change, and he, and he changed coaches, which, you know, I won't lie to you. I, I called him and tried to get Mark Jackson in there. Uh, he, said, uh, he wanted me to tell him what I liked about Mark and all that stuff, but he said, you know, we're pretty well set on, on hiring an assistant coach, and, and it was Nurse. So, okay, fine. But uh, my point is that you know, there were a lot of changes to this Raptors team, big changes. You know, and, uh, they, all, they all were very, very consequential. And uh, so that, that's, that's really, really interesting. The team can do so well one year, make those radical changes, and win it. Whoa! Yeah, that's for, that's for damn sure. And it's it's funny because you know last time we spoke, you were talking about Kawhi Leonard and how much respect you have for him. You even called him a real man, just because yeah. you know he's a guy that sticks to his principles and, and you know respect in general is, is clearly a, a important thing him. And certainly yeah. when we think about some of the things that happened in San Antonio on his way out and how the media treated him and, and what have you, in, in my opinion, there was definitely a lack of respect on his way out of the door. So... Oh, way before way before that. Way before that. I mean, they were teammates and, and Popovich through... through uh, you know, these suppositories that are working there, you know, as disguised as media, you know, putting, putting stuff out there about him and things that, things that franchise didn't like and stuff like that. So they were, they were killing him, you know, at least the last half of that year when he, he decided to shut it down after coming back and playing nine games. And then, you know, he was hurting and he decided that that was it. Yeah. You know, so many people took shots at him over uh, 
shutting it down and, and putting his body before the team. Uh, and, and even on his way out, and as this entire season, it's just people just taking yeah. shots at him. And, and he, yeah, him. even during the season, correct. You know, because yeah. he did he, 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 he did stay out how many games this year? 20, something like that? Yep. So every time he sat down, people go, oh, yeah, there's Kawhi. He's doing, you know. Meanwhile, there was intelligence behind those sitting it down. He wasn't sitting it down to, uh, you know, to rest, per se. He was shutting it down to make sure his legs were strong. I guarantee you those days off, uh, he, he he was lifting weights and working out. And and so he wanted to be ready for the final or for the for the playoffs. And guess what? <laughs> yeah. He sure was. He sure was. Yeah. In fact, yeah. listen, Peter. Last June, so this is June 2018. You, you wrote a, a column on your Patreon where you really dug in to this San Antonio Spurs and, and Kawhi Leonard, the real story behind what happened with that whole situation, and. You know, if you don't mind, I, I'd like for you to, to share that story on the air with everyone because here is a, a, a thing that most people just don't know about. A lot of folks are still online, still talking trash about Kawhi, and you know, he left, he, he didn't do the Spurs right as if it's his fault or something like that. And the real story is just not out there as much as it should be. So, so let's let's set this record straight once and for all. I'm gonna shut up. And I'm going to ask you, the Hall of Fame journalist, the Hall of Fame analyst, Peter Vesey, if you don't mind, please share with everyone your column from June 2018 on what really happened between the Spurs and Kawhi Leonard. You know, I, I, I certainly will. I, I'm just sorry that, uh, you know, people like uh, Michelle Beal, you know, what, didn't, didn't subscribe to Patreon, so she might have had a clue on what was going on instead of, Repeating propaganda that she read coming out of San Antonio and, and from people not in the know. And, it, you know, that was just, it, it was a total embarrassment. That, first of all, she's not a reporter and she certainly proved it with that. And it was, but I, I only recently heard what she said about it. Hospice. Anyway, I, I'll be glad to read it. It's, you know, I hope the listeners, uh, pay attention. Uh, it's, you know, can pay attention that long. I hope their attention span is long. But this was, this was written on, uh, June 26, 2018. And, um, again, I think maybe, you know, if, if 300, 400 people read it, that, that, that would have been all. And, um, so here we go. All right. Stay with me. Minutes after Lonnie Walker IV was drafted number 18 by the Spurs, ESPN's Maria Taylor interviewed him alongside David Robinson. The Admiral, as anyone subscribing to this epistle knows, played most of his Hall of Fame career for Greg Popovich. Taylor wondered if Robinson had any advice for Miami shooting guard. Quote, trust Greg Popovich, quote, quote, he said earnestly, quote, He'll take good care of you, close quotes. Considering the acute conflict between the San Antonio franchise and his franchise player, Robinson's reply couldn't have been more untimely and insular. For David's information, the Spurs no longer frolic in a land called Honolulu, and Kawhi Leonard is not little Jackie Paper or Tim Duncan. Given Robinson's response was spur of the moment, his thoughtlessness is excusable. Not that given an eternity to answer, he'd say anything differently regarding the Pope Pop. Conversely, Bruce Bowen's serious XM shelling of why last Thursday, keep in mind, this is June 18th, June 28th, uh, 2018, Thursday night was senseless, Shabbily negligent. His inimitable, inimitable witlessness and sightless allegiance to an organization he helped win three titles. Bowen accused Kawhi 
of making excuses for sitting out all but nine games last season due to right quadriceps injury. First, it was, well, I misdiagnosed, said Bowen. And you want to say that, that didn't have your, they didn't have your best interest at heart. He's kind of quoting Quires. Moments later, in an unintelligible diatribe, Bowen took offense with word to the media that Kwai wanted to be traded to, to, to Los Angeles, preferably the Lakers. I'm putting that in there. Where he's from. Bowen in fact for the leak. Quote, I think he's getting bad advice. He continued. Sentiments of shadowy Popovich surrogate in undeviating dig at Representative Mitch Frankel, his agent, and his uncle Dennis Robertson. This negligible variation of an earlier anonymous chant that ran rampant through the national media. Quote, the only thing that has changed about Kwai is the people speaking for him now. Close quotes. I think, said Bowen, the operative word, think. What you're to see is an individual given a certain amount of advice, not the right advice. He clumsily determined based on nothing. Then Bowen, controverting previous statements, not quite not forthcoming about his issues with the Once time has quite come out and said anything to the effect of single quote, you know what, hey, I really enjoy being in San Antonio, or I can't stand what's going on here in San Antonio, close that single quote. Not one time has he said anything. As a former player, you would think Bowen would celebrate the maintenance of a strict code of silence by the team's star of in-house grievances and disagreements. Bowen also said he believed Kawhi's decision to rehab in New York instead of with the team was a problem. Well, it certainly became one, undeniably. But for reasons illuminated below, not the mindless logic proposed by Bowen. As a player, says Bowen, if I'm a leader of a team, my team goes on the road in the playoffs, I'm with the guys, he declared. Because that's what it's all about. It's all about camaraderie, about fellowship, brotherhood. When that didn't happen, it's all kinds of sirens and alarm signals that says to me, is this person fully vested? I don't want to take a player who's not willing to support his guys during the course of their time needing him. Gratefully, that concluded Bowen's recklessly tripping his own tongue, a la screaming anal Smith, at the expense of today's subject concerning situations he neither demonstrated understanding of nor presented any information to support his unfounded chatter. So sad to see Bowen still chug-a-lugging Kool-Aid from Pol Pop's chalice. Elsewhere, somewhere, someone closely affiliated with Leonard's advisors found Bowen's words as deeply disturbing as I did. Hold on, let's take a time out. Why is everyone so angry with Kwai? Quote, Kwai Leonard is innocent, my source declares. He should be commended. He did what you would teach every family member to do. Keep family business behind closed doors. He didn't even talk about differences with the organization's teammates. That's really commendable. Bruce is an outsider. How can he condemn Kwai for not talking? He's not a talker. He's a doer. He did everything right. He did what you teach your son to do. Keep your trouble at home. Keep them inside the organization. If Kwai were in the mob, his family would be taken care of for life. Close quotes. My entrenched source has had agreed to a 15-minute max interview, but Bowen's bombardment brought me unlicensed access. A simpleton needs to make things as simple as possible, especially a guy on the warning track of life. So let's segregate the skirmishes, and I'll supply the quote from Kwai's camp. Number one is him seeking a second opinion regarding his 
applied and embracing it. Quote, why listen to the Spurs doctor? Did everything he was told, but when he went back to play, his knee became to hurt, became, began to hurt from the stress. He was scared about blowing it out. He saw what happened to Isaiah Thomas when he played in pain for Boston in the playoffs. He got reduced to damaged goods. As a free agent this summer, he'll never recoup the 50 to 100 million dollars he lost by deciding to play. And we'll get into Durant later, because this is exactly the same situation. So here we go. Dr. Jonathan Glasgow, a renowned orthopedic surgeon and co-chair of sports medicine in New York City's Mount Sinai Medical Center, was Kwai's go-to specialist. His esteemed opinion was the quad was not fully healed and recommended Leonard deactivate. Quote, Rest and rehabilitation is the only cure. <laughs> Again, see, see Kevin Durant. If the blood is being distributed properly, it'll swell up. It's a slow, strenuous process. According to Bruce, Kwai should have risked $200 million and, ch- and changed, and changed because he's making $18 million this season. Should have done what doctors wanted, the Spurs doctors. Quote, ask Isaiah if, if he regrets playing hurt. Ask Grand Hill if he regrets not playing, not getting a second opinion after his ailing foot when he was at Duke. Ask him if he regrets playing hurt with the Pistons. Had he seen a doctor outside those organizations, Grand Hill would have turned out to be Grand Hill. Quote, there was some bullying going on with the Spurs, my, my source indicated. Asked what he meant by that, he said, quote, Pop made it clear no one from this organization is working outside, he said. He said, we've got everything that's needed here, right here in the facility, close single quotes. That's intimidating. It's not like your dad knows you've got some psychological issues but refuses to allow you to see a therapist. Tells you, hey, we'll take care of the problem here at home. So neither you nor, nor, nor your mom, neither me nor your mom, know how the mind works, how everything is connected. Quite needed an outside source, not paid for by the team. We wanted the thousand percent truth. Quote, it's not like we picked Dr. Clasco out of a phone book. It's not like Quai was kidnapped and working out in a warehouse. It's not like he was working with an AAU coach in San Diego with some guy at Compton. Pop and general manager R.C. Buford respected who Kwai was being treated by, but disrespected it with someone other than their people. Pop didn't like someone else praying over him. It's like we'd gone for holonistic help. Quote, R.C. knew we'd made an educated decision. After all, he made the same decision for one or maybe two of his family members. Might have been two, actually. If you trust Glasgow to operate on family members, why wouldn't you trust him to work with Quad? What? Our legendary doctor is lying? Really? Close quote. That's why you never heard R.C. question Quad's lingering recuperation. He was kept informed about what was going on every step of the way. Pop, on the other hand, voiced frustration with Quad's unavailability. He didn't try to hide his vexation. Accentuated, he, quote, never, close quote, seen anything in his entire career like Kwai was experiencing with his quad. Quote, what's weird, quote, 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 said Pop, planting seeds of suspicion, is that Tony Parker is essentially the same issue, quote, a quad tendon, but worse, close quote, and returned to play 55 games, so I point out. Sparingly, 19.5 minutes, and ineffectively, 7.7 points, 3.5 assists. By doing so, Pop deprecated, I'm sorry, depreciated the authenticity of Kwai's injury, undermined his commitment to the team, challenged his credibility, undercut his, ab- his admiration by the fans, and outright alienated him by pressuring Kwai to report by a certain date down the stretch or forget the season. Pop's attitude turned teammates into opponents, 
and left Parker wide open for a lane violation to take a pot shot at Kwai, saying his injury was a hundred times worse. Quote, that's probably why he'd fall down every place going north to south, uh, said my source. Kwai's weak side helped Harumph. Clearly, his surgically repaired quad hadn't fully, hadn't fully healed, but Tony's 36 and hopes to hang on for another year or two. Kwai's 24 and wasn't about to risk suffering a career-ending injury. See Kevin Durant again. So late in the season, no one stuck up for him at a team meeting when, he, when his integrity was questioned. Not privately, not publicly afterwards. Kwai's absence didn't divide the locker room. It united it against him. Quote, Kwai is angry with all his teammates, disclosed my source. He treated him unfairly. They know his heart. They know he's a hard worker. He busted his ass every day to get better at both ends. They know he's not about self and all about team. They know he's a stand-up guy. If he's not well... He can't give 100%, 110%, and he's not playing. They felt he should play anyway. They saw it was all about them. They wanted him to play for them. Quote, no one gave him the benefit of the doubt, says the source. People thought he wouldn't play if he were healthy. Seriously? His teammates and the fans and the media not learned anything about him in six seasons? Quote, Meanwhile, Pop kept applying pressure by making it seem as if Kwai was day-to-day. At one point, Pop said he was out indefinitely, but kept him on the active roster. It gave hope to the masses. That's what the Vatican does. Close quotes. The least Kwai could have, should have done, I submitted, was support the Spurs during the fir- their first six-game loss to the, to the Jazz. Quote, it was uncomfortable. It was an uncomfortable situation, said my source. He didn't show up because he knew he'd be swamped by the fans and idiots. He didn't want to cause a commotion and distract the team. Quote, I'm sorry, now what? Quote, emotionally, Kawhi is checked out of the Spurs. He wants the Lakers, even though it means forfeiting $80 million. Everyone is shocked. He'd give up that much money. But when it's emotional, there's no logic. He's an artist. Artists know it, they're getting jerked around. They want out no matter what the cause. He feels the organization didn't even try to wrap its arms around him. You don't know anyone until you go something like, something like this, something difficult. Kwai got to see people's true colors. It's not about numbers. It's about love or lack thereof. His mother's house in San Antonio is almost completed. His home hasn't begun to be built. He's prepared to go and have his mother stay. Despite the fact, Kwai feels the organization treated him like he cheated. Despite all of the above, inexplicably, according to the source, he likes Pop. What? Does that mean the relationship can be rekindled? Quote, Pop admits he's fucking things up, concedes mistakes were made, there's a chance that could happen, the source said. It'd be an intensely emotional conversation. Kawhi doesn't give a fuck about the money to lose. He doesn't, he feels he can do what he wants. He has stability and stature now. He's found his voice. If he doesn't like you and doesn't like the way he's been treated, he'll find a team that'll treat him with respect. Quote, LeBron is different, the complete opposite. He didn't give a fuck how Dan Gilbert treated him. He agreed to come back to the Cavaliers and play for someone he doesn't like for the love of Cleveland. He returned to win a title for the city and gets little credit for that. Close quotes. My source confirms reports the Spurs have eliminated Kwai's idea of being traded to the Lakers, for the time being anyway. Should Kwai and Pop be unable to make up if apologies aren't offered or they're unacceptable, the plan is to get something worthwhile, hopefully from an Eastern Conference team. Leonard's value seemingly evaporates altogether should he decline to commit to an interesting suitor past next season. Quote, regardless it's doubtful, the Spurs would ever send Kawhi to the Lakers, my source believes. Their stance is, if we're going to get a, a divorce, we're not going to let you pick your next husband. Every time 
play the Spurs, he gets 40. An emotional 40. Heads with titles would roll. Close quotes. We're almost through, folks. Last summer, Popovich asked Lamarcus Johnson's forgiveness. I'm sorry, Lamarcus Aldridge's forgiveness for placing him in a position to fail instead of taking advantage of the strength they paid important recruiting money to get. I expect that recipe will be served next time that Pop and Kwai meet. Asking forgiveness is a powerfully effective negotiating tool, I hear from counselors, unless the Spurs plan to go back to being an undeveloped nation. Quote, I was wrong. You're special. We should have wrapped our arms around you. We love your game, but we love you more. Close quote. That's, that's what he had to say, but didn't. Those are the kind of messages Kawhi wanted to hear loud and clear. Affection tends to terminate defection. Attest any man with a will to remain married. The unsanctioned cynic in me suspects a casual mention of max money, 219 million somewhere in a conversation, perhaps might seal the deal. That's basically it. That's it. I mean, it's wow. more of a... Yeah, wow. I mean, so it's, it, it, it's pretty damn clear, you know, who fucked up Popovich. And, uh, and um, you know, Kwai, Kwai is a man. Professional, you know, a registered adult. And Popovich a bully. He's a bully. I've always said he's a bully. That is a, an impressive piece of history right there, Peter Vesey. And, I mean, you got the sources. You were able to get in and get an abundance of inside information. Stuff that people just don't know about. You know, and, and, and you didn't and, care to find out. Didn't care well, to find, didn't care out. find out. You put it out there. You're absolutely right. No, but I forget about me putting it out there. I mean, how about doing your own homework? How about not yeah. not taking stuff right out of, you know, Yahoo or ESPN or whatever, you know? How about doing your own homework for a change? You know, the New York Post these days is like, all do is they they take stories that run, you know, on the internet to give them credit, and they write a whole story about. It. They don't even know if it's true. They have no idea if it's true. They're just quoting. They're quoting another writer. It's absurd. It is. But that's you know that's the media these days. It's not a lot of them. You brought up some interesting points. You brought up Isaiah Thomas. You brought up the most recent example, uh, Kevin Durant. What are your thoughts on this this notion that people need to do it for the love of the game and, and they need to play injured and they need to show that they're tough and all this other nonsense that you hear, not only in sports media but from fans, I mean, the whole nine yards here. What are your thoughts on that? Well, if you saw if you saw my tweets, I mean, everybody knows my thoughts on these. I've always I've always said, you know, going back many many years when I. You know, the beginning, not the beginning of my coverage, but, but, uh, toward the beginning when Andrew Tony went through this kind, same kind of stuff with Philadelphia, the owner, Harold Katz, asshole that he is, was, and will be forever, questioned, questioned his willingness to play. He had a stress fracture that their doctors couldn't find and, you know, accused him of jaking it. And, you know, it, it, it wasn't for months until they finally did find the stress fracture. He basically never played again. And so I, I, I had situations before that, but that was that will always stick out in my mind. Tony didn't return to the team for a reunion, I think, for maybe 30 years. And so the Durant situation, you know, just just infuriates me. It's fans. The fans say, well, he wanted to play. He wanted to play. So it was his, you know, as much his fault as anybody. I said, no, that, that's not true. Because players always want to play. As much as fans and the media and teammates and coaches and owners, you know, claim differently either on the record or off the record, usually off the record, and the media just jots it down and repeats it. But, uh, as anonymous. But, they need to be protected from themselves because they'll always want to play. And in this case, he didn't get the right information. He got inaccurate information from the organization. You know, that Sniffles, Sniffles, uh, what's his name, Myers going on, you know, that phony act of his, you know, after, after the, uh, after Durant tore his Achilles and, you know, saying it was a collaborative 
decision and, uh, he claimed he didn't know, he didn't know, he's not a doctor, he didn't know if the, uh, um, if the calf was uh, related to the uh, Achilles. You asshole, you had a month of talking to doctors. You don't know that they are connected, <laughs> connected. But, the, but, you know, more than that, the doctors and the collaborators, whatever, but it's the doctors claim, you know, there we had, you know, Doris Jerk or Burke or whatever her name is going on television. Just She played the game and she's just reciting some, some, uh, uh, statement from, from the team saying that, you know, well, he cannot hurt himself worse than he already is. Did she ever have an injury, you know, did she, did she, did she, that, that she felt couldn't get worse if she played it was, if, if it was, if it was, uh, hurting her? Are you kidding me? And it was worse. So I, I, you know, truly, Duke, I, I, I expect, I expect at some point, you know, a, a tremendous, a mammoth lawsuit for medical malpractice against these, these guys for saying that. This is the information that he had and went out there. And then I'll say another thing. It's like, people, people who, who understand, you know, what, what it's all about, it's like, when he, when he felt that, felt that twinge, he didn't, he didn't, he, he was perplexed. He didn't react in pain. He didn't scream. Try tearing an Achilles and not scream. So, what it tells me is he was, he was, you know, almost certainly drugged up, either shot up or pills or whatever, which is so dangerous. Ask Bill Walton about that. There's, I mean, there's a perfect example going back further than Tony. Ask, Ask him what he felt about when Dr. Cook was, you know, he, he agreed to take being shot up with numbing, numbing uh, painkillers. Pain so now, you know, maybe, maybe Durant, had he not been numbed up, he would have felt pain before and stopped playing. But he didn't feel the pain until it happened. And then he didn't even look like he felt the pain. He, he never, he never reacted with the pain. I'm sorry, that whole thing was a fiasco, and, and I'm just, you know, I just have no, no tolerance for the fans and media who don't, who don't, who see it another way that he should, oh, he was right to play. So wrong to play. And you know, you know, Duke, you know I wrote that before, before the game, too, like three hours before the game. I, I questioned that, but they, he plays, he's, he, he, he's, Totally wrong for playing if he does, and that the organization should not be going along with this. You know, they were so wrong to do. Bingo. Well, and that's why you, you call uh, what's his name there uh, Sniffles because he sure was, was doing the whole water work. Oh, crying. What a phony! What a phony Bob Myers is. What is going on with Golden State? I mean, you know, Clay Thompson. They. they they were trying to will him back into the game, it appears, uh, when he got injured. Previously, we, we, we have a guy like Steph Curry who smashes his head on the court, and they allowed him to play with a concussion. I mean, what is going on with that organization? Just well, I don't know. I don't know if he, if he, you know, dude, that was a year or two ago that that happened with Curry. I don't know if he had the concussion, but they didn't know he didn't have the concussion. They let him play. His parents let him play, too. His parents were in the back of him. I remember he came out, he played, I'm screaming. Now, how can they let this guy play just get his head on the floor? But, you know, with Clay, with Clay again, you know, why would, why would, so he's, you know, they, oh man, you know, he's, he's a warrior. You know, he, you tell him, you tell that soldier to take that hill, man, he will take that hill. They don't care what kind of fire is coming out. That's his demo. So, you know, they brag about him being a he-man and stuff, and he, he hurt his hamstring, missed the game, uh, came back, played two games, and then 30 minutes in the, in the next game, and then inj- and then tears his ACL. Now, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I don't know if that's related. But it seems to me, anytime I've been around anybody with a hamstring, it takes a damn long sight more than a few days to get over a hamstring pull. And, and so was he being shot up? I don't know. But, uh, to me, to me, the leg, the leg had to be weak, and that's and that's what happened. Because he he came down awkwardly, not that awkwardly. Came down on one leg, you know, and turned it a little bit. But 
to me, the leg was weak, and, uh, and, and that's what happened. So, I think the Warrior organization is weak. And I, I seriously, you know, Philadelphia fired a couple of doctors, you know, because, because I guess they, they were, they were upset that Embiid, you know, got hurt a lot or somebody else got hurt a lot, but Embiid, the guy who was hurt and played in the All-Star game and then didn't play for weeks and weeks afterwards, but he was able to play in the All-Star game. So whose fault was that? Was that the silly doctors? But I, I, I totally anticipate, um, those doctors being fired and sued. I do. And, you know, people pointed out to me that their, their top doctor left. He went to Atlanta with, uh, I can't think of his name, but he's, he's the GM president of Atlanta. He was with the Hawks, with the Warriors. And so he, he took the lead doctor with him. So these guys are new. Or guy or whatever. And I'll say it again, which I've said a million times over the years. Team doctors are called team doctors because they're paid by the team. And don't tell me, don't tell me that they're not under, under stress and strain to, uh, pressure from, from up above to get guys out on the court, especially to the finals. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's terrible. And, and when you think about it, you know, Isaiah Thomas, like you said, in, in, in the column there, how much money did he lose coming back and playing her? Never again. You know, I could see a lawsuit there too. I mean, I think I've read something about a possible lawsuit. But, you know, this this is so cut and dry. The team, the team announcing it couldn't be worse. Couldn't yeah. get worse. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Let's let me just say one thing. I, I don't know Kevin Durant that well. I only met him once this year in Kings. We had a nice talk. If I were around in that day, I, I would have had my say to him before that game. Talent. And, and you would have told him to, to stay off the damn court, huh? Absolutely. So, I, I would have. I would have reiterated, but I would have gotten him alone and told him all the instances that I can cite. You know, regarding Grand Hill, I, I was in a locker room. In Orlando, he played for Detroit in a playoff game, and his ankle was hurting. And Doug Collins was there pressuring him to play. I watched it. I watched it pressuring him to play. He played. You know, it's like, are you kidding? Um, you know, Jack Ramsey, who, you know, everybody's, you know, God coach, you know, pressuring Bill Walton to play. Pressuring him. So... You know, it's amazing how things have forgotten over the years. You know, years later, of course, Bill, Bill being the phony that he is, you know, he, oh, I love Jack Ramsey and stuff. But I, I'll, I'll read you the quote someday, what Bill was saying about Jack Ramsey in the 70s, late 70s. <laughs> <I'll believe. laughs> they might forget, but I don't forget. And that's the truth there. And, you know, it just serves as a lesson to all of you athletes out there aspiring or if you actually made it to the big dance. It's a business. And your body is your business. Forget about the team. Forget about for the love of the game. Forget about all that crap. Don't put your body in a position where legitimately you're making it possible for it to be the last time you step out on the field or on the court. You know, that's that's going back. Go back to grammar school for that. You know, where coaches will pressure you and Embarrass you. I'm going to give you a perfect example. My son, and this is why I am an authority on calf injuries. My son tore his calf in a, in a, a camp, Kenny Smith's camp in North Carolina. My son was a, a going into freshman year and uh, before the camp actually started, he and Nolan, uh, uh, Derek Smith, Nolan Smith's son, we're, we're playing together on the same team. You know, Nolan became a really good player. At where? Carolina? Duke, I can't remember. He's, he's a coach. He's a coach at Duke, so up to the Duke. Um, and, and so, in the first, the first, uh, hours or so, my son was playing great in this game and, uh, double, triple teaming him and stuff. And they sandwiched him and he tore his calf. And nobody knew his calf was torn, but it, he, he couldn't walk. And, uh, Kenny Smith's camp had no doctor. None. 
we had we had to go to Duke. We had to drive to Duke to see somebody over there. And uh we come back and uh Kenny Smith's brother is like questioning my son, you know, that he had the guts for you know, he's punking out, you don't want to play, you know, that kind of shit. I've never spoken to the Smith family ever. Never will. Never will. They try to put pressure on him. They try to embarrass him in front of people. They try to degrade him. So we drive back to New York, and I have a, a, a real good doctor, a very famous doctor that, that I know, and uh, Dr. O'Brien, Stephen O'Brien. He used to be the giant doctor. He, he runs a big medical place in New York, very famous. And we went to see him, and he told me that if I had come in a week later, my son would never play the way he could again because the calf, something happens with the calf that you, you know, you don't operate him. You have to rehab him. It's just like he should have, like Durant should have done. But he, he was rehab. He wasn't rehabbing. He was trying to just get back on the court. But anyway, he told me, oh, another week, my son could have, he would have played again, but he would have kept injuring it and re-injuring it over the years. And so he went through a strenuous, you know, rehab after that. So I, I, I knew, I, I know what that, how dangerous that calf injury is. He told me at the time, he said, the second most dangerous injury, Achilles first, calf second. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, you know, Peter, you definitely said a mouthful today, brother. I mean, you, you, you covered it all. Um, yeah. Real quick, you excited about the draft on Thursday? No, not really. No. <laughs> you no. already know what's going to happen. No, I mean, you know, well, I can't. I'm interested in trades and stuff and uh, free agency. But the oh, sure, you got kind of, the Lakers, huh? The, the Lakers are the guards on favorite to win it all next year now. Huh? Good luck with that. I mean, you got you got a guy 35 years old who's going to be 35 in, in LeBron who's, who just went through a bad injury. You know, let's, let's go back to Kobe when he was 35 and his body started to break down the same way. And and so, yeah, you got that. And then you got Davis who, you know, somebody pointed out on Twitter, you know, he's uh, uh, he's lucky to play 40, 48, 48 games. You know, he's – and where is he taking his team? And he's had some good players next to him. So both of those guys could break down easily. And uh, so I don't know. Do they have cap money to surround them with anybody worthwhile? Uh, I don't know. You know, it's funny. Um, again, going back to Kwai, you know, people are talking about, you know, the kind of money it would take to give a max contract to somebody. Well, it's Kwai, Kwai, uh, I don't, I don't know what he would, what he would command as a free agent. How much would he command? 190 million? I don't know. Some, some, are, some are more. I don't know. But, you know, conceivably they could fit him. Conceivably they could fit. Kimber in or quiet or Kyrie in or something like that. But you know, you've got other spots. You're gonna end up you're gonna end up with the same the same kind of with as you had last year. Uh where everybody fill in the blanks with guys on one year contract. So I, I don't think they're a given at all. There's too many too many question marks. Is that enough? We're gonna we're gonna have to wait and see what happens. Uh, yeah, we are gonna have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah, you'll know before I do. I know that. No, I, it, I don't think so. Now, last time you were on, you were on, uh, Peter, we had our, our talk. You plugged, uh, your love for animals and, and you know, taking care of animals and, and being kind to animals and what have you. Is there anything else you want to plug again or you want to plug that? No, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm an animal. <laughs> and, and I'm proud of it. Um, so. No, just, you know, if you can, if you can adopt, you know, if you can, you know, pledge money, you know, take a dog home for a night. You know, I loved it when I worked at, I volunteered at Best Friends up in Utah recently. I love the fact that they allowed people, volunteers to take a dog home for the night and, uh, you know, see if you bonded with them and all that stuff. It was a great experience, Best Friends. Recommend, recommend people to, uh, to look at that. Closely, if you've got some extra money. Yeah, and I'll tag all their information, uh, folks, in the, in the comments section. 
Uh, if you're interested in checking out Best Friends, you know, Peter mentioned them before. It's definitely an organization that he's passionate about because they are serious about a, an issue that he's passionate about. Well, their, their, their motto is, you know, save everyone. They don't, they don't kill anyone. So it's a no-kill place, man. 3,500 acres in uh, southern Utah. That's, wow. uh, you, you just, you just, you gotta go there just to believe it. You can't even believe it. It's so beautiful. And the way the animals are taken care of. And, you know, some, if the animals are sick, they've got a whole medical, brand new medical facility that takes care of them and fixes them. And they all, I mean, we're talking about birds. We're talking about mink. <laughs> you know, we're talking about horses, donkeys, you know, dogs, cats. You know, turtles, parrots, I mean, everything is crazy. They're like a zoo, but even more humane, huh? Uh, no, no question. They all have a lot of room. They're well taken care of. Well taken care of. A lot of freedom. Impressive. Just like yourself. Listen, Peter, the Hall of Famer Peter Vesey, as always, I appreciate your insight. I appreciate the fact that you're not afraid to say what needs to be said. Uh, you stand by your words, and nine times out of ten, who can question it? You know what I mean? It's, it's like you have the sources, you you have the knowledge, you, you study. You know, a lot of it, a lot of it's opinion, a lot of it's opinion, but a lot of it's homework. So it's uh, that that it's quiet piece is that quiet piece is all homework, and, and anybody could have gotten it if they just probed deep enough. But all they do is they they accept they accept what a guy like Popovich says and. Uh, you know, and a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of people, except Durant accepted what the Warriors told him. Wow. And I, I really hope he pulls through. I mean, who knows if he'll even play next season? I mean, that, that's a tough part. I don't, oh, I, I don't think yeah. he'll play next season. Yeah, an injury like that. Which, how does that affect the free agency? That's my question. Well, I, I, I think, I think there'll be, there'll be teams willing to give him money. I don't know if it'll be Max. I have no idea, but, you know, if, if it's a team like the Knicks, that are willing to give it to them, then to me they've already made a deal with them. That's why they give them a max because the Knicks can't afford to yeah. tie up thirty, forty million dollars in, in, in uh, cap money and try to get better, and then hope that he comes back and is, you know, and is a facsimile of, of himself. So if they if they do that, then they, to me that means that they'd already made a deal with him. That's a hot take for you folks. That's a hot take. Peter Vesey, thank you very much. We'll be checking back in with you all sometime, right. all right? All right. You take care. Bye. Wow. What did, you, what did you think about that? I mean, goodness gracious. You know, Peter is not one to hold his tongue. This guy says what's on his mind, and he means what he says. That's why I respect him, I'll tell you. So that's it for now, folks. Uh, you know, as always, you can head over to Twitter, head over to Facebook, type in Duke Loves Wrestling. That's R-A-S-S-L-I-N. Let me know what you think. You know, most of the time I'm, I'm covering uh, pro wrestling and, and combat sports, you know, talking to folks about that stuff. But when it comes to Peter Vesey, you know, I got to get my NBA fixed, baby. That's what it's all about, you know. So send in your comments, and I'll even link Peter's uh, Twitter account. So if you want to follow along and, and get updated on what's going on in the NBA, especially with free agency, you know, Peter is an excellent follow online. Be kind to yourselves. Be kind to others. This is the Duke from the Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast saying, we'll catch you next time. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Loves Wrestling.